0: I'm David Farrier, a New Zealander accidentally marooned in America, and I want to figure out what makes this country tick. Now when I got to America over a year ago now, I arrived at an airport. Los Angeles International Airport. I'd liken that visit to LAX as entering the lower depths of hell. An intense first experience in America, involving America's favourite pastime, queuing up in a line. I've thought a lot about LAX since then, and was surprised to find out that despite the chaos, it's only the fifth busiest airport in America, with 48 million travelers passing through last year. At number one, Atlanta. It saw 27 million more travelers passing through its airport than LAX did. At number two is Dallas-Fort Worth, with 62 million travelers last year. And at number three, Denver, with 59 million. Those are the busiest airports in America, and they're also the top three busiest airports on the entire planet. The top seven busiest airports in the world are all American. Number eight finally goes to China. I suppose the busyness of major American airports can also be their downfall. A purgatory between one place and the next, the weight becoming too much for some
1: this morning
2: united airlines firing this wheelchair attendant at newark airport after this viral video shows former nfl player brandon langley and the employee in a violent
1: brawl
0: i want to know what makes american airports so popular and so american so get ready to remove those smelly shoes and that belt buckle and throw that water bottle in the bin immediately because this is the airports episode Touchdown in America! I'm a fly this bird. Touchdown in America! How do you feel about airports in general?
1: Travel is a pain, mm. but you brought up the Atlanta airport, mm. and
0: you let out a whoop.
1: Yeah, I of did. Support. I have a lot of pride. Some people have pride in their hometown mm. baseball team, team, or
0: culinary dish.
1: Exactly. But I have pride in the Atlanta
0: airport. What (laughs) is it about the Atlanta airport besides it being the busiest in the world, which blew my mind? Is there anything about it that sets it apart? Does it have good parking or good drop off? No,
1: it's bad, actually. It's bad. For the past year or so, when I've gone home, it's a big pain and I'm stressed out every time my dad has to pick me up because I feel his stress. They like to get to the airport really early. Mm -hmm. He picks me up. And then, you know, I call him like I'm outside and he's like, okay start walking toward me. I'm like, no. What do you mean? Just drive. Yeah, don't go on
0: the move. That's how you get lost when you just start aimlessly walking from a place. He
1: wants me to like meet him in the middle. And I'm like, I can't just come pull over. But it stresses him out. So therefore Mm. it stresses me Mm. out.
0: My parents don't even have passports anymore. So they're in (gasps) New Zealand. Their passports have expired. So they're literally just stranded, unable to leave. And they don't care. My parents don't like traveling. When they travel as well, they do a really strange thing, which I think maybe it's what a lot of older people do, where they don't trust that the hotel or the motel is going to have what they want. So they pack (laughs) all their different teas and little milks and sugars (laughs) and biscuits with them, wow! They love biscuits, loves cookies. Fairy always travel with cookies.
1: Ooh, I love cookies. And so, wow. travel
0: with them is a real disaster.
1: Were you embarrassed
0: when mm, you were traveling kid. with them? Yeah, because we, we'd drive to a different city and go into a motel, and we'd just be carrying boxes <laughs> of stuff. Sort of like a move. It was kind of like moving house every yes. time we went on holiday. We'd just move all these boxes. You go to a hotel or a motel because it's different and yes. it's got new things. Yeah, I just look around; and it's just everything we have got at home.
1: Travelling with milk is interesting.
0: It is an interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah, and a bad choice. My friend Eddie in New Zealand, when I first came to America, I lent my car to him to drive around because he doesn't have a car. He's just got a scooter. Mm. I said, just look after the car. It's yours. Just put oil in and run it so it doesn't end its life or anything like that. I got back and a week before I'd gotten back, he'd left an old big thing of milk from the supermarket in the boot. It was really hot in New Zealand and it exploded Ew. and he only discovered this the day before I was coming back. So I came back to this car that was just disgusting. It just seeps into the very core of the car. And it rocks. It never unstunk. The only way I could solve oh. the problem, someone crashed into my car, <laughs> rode it off, got a new car. Okay. So I come over to America this time, right? <laughs> I give my car again to Eddie. He's still got the scooter. David, So I give fool it back to Milk once. Boy. Yeah, gave it to him. Okay. About two months into me being marooned here in America, he was involved in a huge pileup on the motorway, written off, don't have a car.
1: He totaled the car.
0: To be fair, it wasn't his fault. It was a pile. I mean, he would say that, wouldn't he? It was a pileup. Something happened in front of him. Yeah. He couldn't get out of there quickly enough. Car destroyed. <gasps> Maybe he left milk in there. I haven't sighted the car, actually, like the inside. It could be covered in milk.
1: By the way, you might as well crash it if it smells that bad. No one wants to be in a car that Oh,
0: that's why I was so glad when that car that got destroyed originally did get properly destroyed because I don't have to smell old dairy every (laughs) time I'm driving around.
1: That's horrifying. Okay, this is a ding, ding, ding. We talked about it for a second on Armchair, but it's important that you weigh in. Mm. Speaking of the trunk of a car. So last week we did something. We call it the boot. Right. And we... Call it the trunk.
0: Okay. <laughs> a boot you wear on your foot. Yeah, fair. Yeah,
1: or you can put a boot on a tire. Yeah, 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 That's the car boot in America. Anyway, I picked you guys up, you and Rob, from Rob's house, <laughs> to, go, <laughs> to go to a really fun dinner. For our
0: Thanksgiving, Epi
1: For our Thanksgiving. And when I got to my car, I mm. realized, oh, fuck, it's a mess back here, as it usually is.
0: You needed to fit two big boys in your car and that wasn't going to happen.
1: So I mm. had to take all this stuff from the back seat, and I threw it in the trunk. Mm. Now, this is the oh, sixth oh, or seventh oh. time I've done this. Mm. So this was tippy top. I mean, it was a full-blown disaster back there, but I was like, but it's fine. There's an illusion of perfection. The back seat looks nice. Mm-hmm, the front mm-hmm. looks good. And then I pull up. You guys <laughs> open the trunk. First of all, don't open somebody's trunk without okay, asking. Okay, okay, Jeffrey
0: Dahmer. <laughs>
1: okay. But really, what if I did have mm. a body back there?
0: Oh, so that's sort and of I that's, was going to
1: surprise you with that's it. That's
0: violating privacy.
1: In my opinion, yes.
0: I think opening, I don't know what you call it here. We call it a glove box yeah, glove in New Zealand. Opening that is a privacy violation because <laughs> that is very private, a glove box. Really? I think so. More private than the boot. The boot is like an empty zone. In your case, I obviously, opened it. It was horrific. It was yeah. like you'd been living out of your car for the last two years. I got worried. I, I was like, Are you a hoarder? And are you living out of here? I was worried. Can you explain it? Because I still don't understand why there's so much stuff. Because my friend Rosabel in New Zealand, mm-hmm. she has a car that we all love. So mum's car. And Her mum's favorite color is violet. Mm. So the number plate is violet, but spelt with an H instead of the O. So it's violate. So it's meant to violate, violate, violet, but it sounds like violate. So her number plate is just violate, which is very funny. (laughs) But she does the same thing. Her car is her office. It's just fills. And she's the most organized, smart person I know. Her car is like a tip. It's remarkable. And that's what your car was like, a tip.
1: Look, we all have some skeletons you know and that's mine it this is what happens things get put in the back seat i have to Mm. figure out what's junk what's not Mm. junk and i don't have Mm. time people have to sit there so then i just put it in the trunk to deal with another Uh, day
0: mm -hmm. do you ever take stuff from the trunk inside to sort it out at (laughs) another location or is the car the sorting kind of space the sorting room
1: ideally if i was living my best life Mm. Mm. i would be able to park right in front of my door When there's crap, I would just take it inside, throw it out, put it away, whatever. But I park far away, like a mile away I park. That's
0: the Los Angeles thing I've noticed. I've got a lot of friends, if you don't have a garage, you're walking, you're parking, and then you're walking another mile to your house. It's (laughs) wild. I've got a friend that lives up all these steps, Oh yeah, and they park, and it's like this huge workout to get to the front door.
1: Yeah, that would be bad for me. But yeah, so anyway, I was embarrassed. I felt... Oh, violated. Oh, no. Ding, ding, ding.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: No, I didn't. But I did clean it on Sunday because <laughs> it had hit critical mass and it was time for me to clean it and I did it.
0: I'm sorry we made you feel bad. Also, they're really glad it motivated you to yeah, have a Yeah, because I found this mug clean. back there. Mike <laughs> <laughs> is like drinking this dirty mug.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> been back there for like a okay. year.
0: A great thing about airports mm, mm-hmm. is that they don't involve cars, they involve planes. And play out.
1: Transition.
0: I'm the opposite to you in that I love going to an airport. I'm like a child. I still get excited. I'm like, wow, I'm about to be in the air. I'm Mm. about to go to a new place. Isn't it amazing how sometimes there's Wi Fi on a plane? How does that work? (laughs) I'm amazed at the things you get on a plane. (laughs) They're delivering you nuts. Incredible.
1: The Wi Fi thing is cool. How are they doing this? It feels like magic. But do you love it so much that you would rather do that than teleport?
0: It goes back to when we were talking about how I want to be uploaded onto the internet so I can be everywhere at once. That's the dream.
1: Okay. Of course. Okay.
0: But there's a certain magic because there's no other way to travel a long distance that makes sense. Awful for the environment. So I think we're living in this time where I don't think we'll be flying as much as we are now. So I think the novelty of it, we should appreciate because it's clearly doing horrific things I know. and we won't be doing it for long. But I do like the fun of being in the air and looking out the window and knowing that we're going to be in a new place.
1: So the top seven are American, which was fascinating. I was not expecting that. I was expecting a Charles de Gaulle to be in there, a Heathrow.
0: It jumps to China. Right. Yeah, a bunch of cities in China then sort of take over. America is just a central point where people are using it, they're coming here, they're jumping on to another destination, they're flying internally between the 50 states, so it just ends up being this really busy place.
1: But you don't think it's a message of bravado? Mm. Like even Trump, his whole thing was like, our airports are bad. Oh, we got to put more money in the infrastructure. I mean, look, I have thought it a few times after he said it, and I've been at bad airports. I'm like, God, he's kind of right. But this is the image of America for foreign travelers. It's the first thing you see. Yeah. Yeah. And that's
0: why LAX, that place when I first... It was horrific. It was this... What did you
1: hate about it?
0: I don't know if when you come in from New Zealand, you get sent to a different place.
1: The International Terminal. But it's so
0: stark. And going through immigration, the queues there were crazy. Yeah. I think they hadn't even put Biden up I still think they had maybe Trumpy was up still (laughs) it was such an odd atmosphere and so many lines and so much confusion it was stuffy yeah it was just a bad airport I wanted to learn more about airports so as always I put a little documentary together this is my deep dive into airport culture okay I wanted to find out what makes an American airport tick and so of course to do this I'd have to visit an American airport I decided to go to the airport I'm most fascinated with, Denver International Airport. Not only is it the third busiest airport on planet Earth, it's also by far the weirdest. A hotspot of conspiracy theories with its gargoyles, a giant network of underground tunnels, and a terrifying giant horse statue with glowing red eyes. But to get to Denver, I'd have to return to that nightmare airport that first birthed me into the United States, LAX. My flight was at 11am, which meant I needed to get there by 9am apparently, so I set off at 8am. Crawling in an Uber on the freeway, it's funny to think that Americans used to take this trip just for fun. To many of us, the airport means a fascinating panorama where we take the family for a Sunday drive. There to watch the giant airliners come and go. The show is continuous, 24 hours round the clock. LAX opened over 90 years ago. Back then in 1929, it used to just be called LA. But by 47, there were so many airports, two letters didn't cut it. So they just threw a random X on the end. Like magic, LAX. Years later, just before the millennium, it would become the central location for the Backstreet Boys' I Want It That Way music video. Speaking of, I've arrived at LAX. All right, where do we need to go in here? This is a mess. This place holds the record for busiest origin and destination airport because so many travellers begin and end their trips here at LAX as opposed to connecting to other flights. Luckily for me, there's actually not much of a line today. Off come the shoes and the belt buckle because scanning time has arrived. I put my dictaphone through the scanner. This is what it sounds like inside if you'd ever wondered. Of course, pre 9 11 none of this security stuff existed. Airport security was carried out by private contractors, and those contracts usually went to the lowest bidder. Security was sort of invisible, and Americans would arrive minutes before their flights left. Today, chaos. Right now, I'm surrounded by people fumbling to put their shoes back on. Disarray and smelly socks everywhere. I'm just curious how your experience has been so far. You look like you're putting a belt back on. You had no socks on.
3: Yes, it's been quite an experience, although I'm very grateful that there's no line.
0: I actually wanted to talk to the TSA about their job. It's easy to moan about them and the ordeal they put you through, but I imagine it's equally annoying for them as well. I emailed their media communications team, and within five minutes got a really helpful response that just said, Hi David, we don't have anyone available for this interview. Waiting for my flight to Denver, I'm in a kind of purgatory. I'm surrounded by strange stores that only seem to exist at the airport with nightmare names like The Bee Grill and Steve's Snappin' Dogs and Craft Beer. Enjoy
1: our personal device entertainment.
0: Eventually, I board my United flight.
2: We're not anticipating any delays in Denver currently they've got sunshine, 86 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Fahrenheit, what even is Fahrenheit? 30 degrees Celsius is what it is to me. The plane ride is fine. I get a tiny bag of nuts to eat like I'm a little squirrel. And a few hours later, we're descending into Denver International Airport. And I glimpsed it out the window, the giant sculpture of a horse. People say it's cursed and represents the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. I think it's our pleasure to welcome you to our hometown city of Denver. Please stay comfortably seated till the seatbelt sign is odd. In the terminal, I meet up with Stephanie Figueroa, the airport's public information officer.
2: I actually do love that it's that busy, because not one day is the same.
0: Ever since this airport opened 27 years ago, there have been endless rumors and conspiracy theories about it. And I'm not surprised. Stephanie has taken me to a small monument inside the terminal.
2: It's a time capsule that was placed there when the airport opened back in 1995. There's a line that says the New World Airport Commission, as well as there's a Freemason logo symbol on there, and so people have a lot to say about that.
0: I mean, a Freemason symbol in the middle of an airport, along with a plaque saying New World Airport Commission, does sound a lot like New World Order Airport Commission, right?
2: Yeah, you see it as New World Airport Commission, but really the way it was intended to be read was New World Airport Commission.
0: Right, so as in a World Airport Commission, that's new.
2: It really was a, supposed to be this state-of-the-art facility, you know, our trains to the concourses, that sort of thing. It was technology that hadn't really been seen or done in other airports, so really that's what it's meant to be. But, you know, we do have people who think that the Freemasons have stake here or something, um, or they're bunkers downstairs in our tunnels or something like that. It's I, mean, I just- feel
0: when you do slap a Freemason symbol on a big concrete slab in the middle of the airport, it's definitely gonna get people talking.
2: Absolutely, but the reality is the Freemasons are a, you know, a legit organization and they, they're usually involved in the openings of a lot of public buildings.
0: We walk around inside the world's third busiest airport and I spot another weird thing, a gargoyle looking down at us. Gargoyles are scary. I don't think they should have them at airports. It is quite weird. I mean, there's a, sort of an open suitcase and there's a gargoyle crouched in the suitcase. He's got his mouth open, his tongue's kind of lolling out.
2: A lot of people feel that the Gargoyles are to be feared, or that they're evil somehow or something, prophesizing the new world order. Conspiracy theorists connect them to several other theories at the airport, saying they serve as like visual clues to the odd mysteries right in front of people.
0: It does feel like a clue. It feels like if we were in the Da Vinci Code or something, Tom Hanks would be running up here, and he'd be. this would be a major clue, and he'd be looking at where the guy goes looking, and that would lead to the next clue.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. And if not Tom Hanks, Nicolas Cage or something, yeah. <laughs>
0: (laughs) The gargoyle is sitting in a Samsonite suitcase, a nod to the American suitcase brand that used to have its factory next to the airport. One of the biggest rumors here at Denver International is their massive network of underground tunnels. Now, this is very rare, but Steph's agreed to take me down into the tunnels to prove that nothing fishy is going on here.
2: So we are now walking towards the elevator, so there's a specific elevator in the airport that I can use for escorting purposes, and I will be taking you down through that elevator down to our tunnels. The tunnels? The tunnels. (laughs) So people think that we're hiding something below the airport, that there's either bunkers for the world's elite, or offices or headquarters for the Freemasons.
0: You can see why when you talk about having sort of underground tunnels. Do other airports have a massive network of underground tunnels?
2: Um, You know, I'm not sure about that.
0: A giant lift door opens in front of me, and then a second giant door behind that door. It's intense.
2: And I will ask if you guys can have your IDs ready, because they will check those. The security will check those.
0: We descend underground, deep beneath the airport. It's like being in one of those giant scary elevators you take in a video game like Doom. This is the most dramatic elevator I've ever been into.
2: It is, it definitely is. It has a a certain aura of like suspense.
0: The doors open and we pass through a security checkpoint with three guards. Okay, so we're in the underground tunnel network.
2: We certainly are.
0: All I can say about these tunnels is that they're big and vast. We hop in a golf buggy and Steph starts driving down one of them. It splits off into another and then another.
2: It's almost two miles of tunnels uh, north and south and then about 0.6 miles east and west.
0: Above us is this strange, intricate network of tracks, which apparently are what these tunnels were built for originally.
2: When the airport was first built, this was originally our baggage handling system. And so this was transporting the luggage, but it actually failed before the airport even opened. It never actually worked. The technology just wasn't quite there at the time. You know, maybe got a little bit ahead of ourselves in building this and thinking it was gonna do what it was intended to do, but unfortunately it didn't.
0: Trying to get this underground baggage handling system to work was one of the reasons for the big delay in opening this airport. It ended up falling 16 months behind schedule and going millions over budget. The whole thing ended up costing $4.8 billion by the time it was opened in 1995. Now we've been twisting and turning through these tunnels for ages now. It's hot and we finally pop up into some daylight. I look out and see the airfield right there. We're in the middle of it. All right, so we could drive out if we wanted to.
2: We could, I'm but not going to you would get fired that. instantly? No, 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 I can. I just, I don't feel that comfortable driving on, on the airfield, you know, when it's me and this golf cart against an airplane. I'm not going to win. <laughs>
0: we descend back down again. And we get a bit lost. I think you're lost.
2: I am a little lost. I know I'm on the east side going south
0: but eventually get back to the security checkpoint where we started. I've seen no members of the New World Order or any lizard people down here, but it's a relief to get back into that lift and return to the surface. Upstairs, I'm introduced to Samantha Weston. She's in charge of the art at the airport, like that gargoyle. She tells me about some other strange art at the airport, including some murals that I can only describe as really, really intense. Like there's a character in a military outfit who's wearing a gas mask while gripping a semi-automatic rifle and a giant sword. While the mother cries, gripping her limp, lifeless child. I told you it was full on. What's it doing at an airport?
3: So one of the murals is called Children of the World Dream of Peace. And that's the one that you're referring to that has the gas masked figure and the swords. When you look at it on one side of the image, it has kind of a destroyed city, a domineering figure. You can see people fleeing away from it
0: you can see why it freaks people out a little bit. I
3: do, I do. But if you look at it, there's a faint image line of like a rainbow rising above the children that are in the bottom of the mural. And if you follow the rainbow up, it leads you to the other side of the mural. So on the other side of the mural, that once domineering figure has fallen in defeat, all of the children are coming together and rejoicing. War is gone, violence is gone. All of the children are from different countries and they're bringing forward weapons from their country to be destroyed together.
0: I see, so so they're not like stockpiling weapons to use, they're getting rid of them.
3: They are. There's a banner across the mural that has the word peace in several different languages. So it really is a lovely message.
0: I wonder if maybe it's just a bit too subtle for some. I guess in a way, Denver Airport is the busiest art gallery in America nearly 60 million visitors a year. Not bad. Steph and Samantha take me to a ute in the car park. Maybe you don't have the word ute in America. I think you call them pickups. Anyway, we get in and start driving away from the airport and towards Denver's biggest attraction and biggest mystery, the giant blue horse I saw when I flew in.
3: Mustang is one of our more controversial pieces.
0: People call it Blucifer, as in Blue Lucifer. It also goes by Satan's Stallion and the Blue Stallion of Death. Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Flightless Bird is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Now, I started taking AG1 because my diet's not great. I love cheeseburgers and I peck at things during the day like a bird, but not a lot of green things. So I take it because I need it. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. I consume it in the morning just because I know it gives me what I need for the day. I wake up, I mix it into some water, I have it, it's delicious, and I'm sorted. I send it to family and friends sometimes, especially if my friends are looking a little bit unhealthy. So yeah, it makes me feel good, it makes my friends feel good, and it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/flightless. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/flightless to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
1: I'm scared. This is almost as scary as the
0: ghost. It's very funny listening to this back because when I was putting it together, all the explanations, I was kind of like, oh yeah, these make sense. But listening back to them all compressed,
1: yeah, they're
0: all very funny. They're like, don't worry about the Freemason symbols. <laughs> they're everywhere. The tunnels, <laughs> ah, it was it's just an fine. old baggage system. Big blue stallion, Ah, it's art. It's full of the weirdest shit I've ever seen yeah. in an airport or anywhere. Right. But the airport's kind of leaned into it. So instead of, denying it all that's why i could call them up and say i'm coming can i talk to you and they yes. put someone forward they kind of lean into it which i think is really bold and interesting but i'm still kind of amazed that they do
1: well yeah it almost feels like now they're making it its own tourist attraction
0: totally which like, is smart to flipped
1: the it. and check out all this demonic stuff and jay-z lives under here
0: one of the theories. I know. There's another theory that the coordinates of where the airport are are the same coordinates, I think, where the aliens landed in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. What? And the coordinates are really close, but they are a bit further away. Okay,
1: facts. But check. there's so
0: much weird shit about this airport. And to witness all that, the gargoyle looking down <gasps> at you as you're waiting for your luggage, the artwork, which, if you don't look to the peaceful side of the artwork and yes. you just look at the sort of, of the war side, it's truly deranged.
1: I've been to that airport and I haven't noticed any of this.
0: I, know, I think because if you don't look up at the right place, you miss the gargoyle. Yeah. If you don't look out the window or when you're leaving the airport, maybe you're looking at the, the road instead of the big horse, you miss all of it. Yeah. But it's all there. <gasps> and once you know it's there, you can't ever unsee it.
1: I want to get a gargoyle for my house. Oh, where will it sit? On the roof.
0: Oh, that's so good.
1: So it'll scare your ghost away and it'll scare all of the baddies.
0: I love that when I brought up the gargoyle, she's like, ah, it's just a gargoyle. It's fine. It's It's not evil. It's okay.
1: I know. It's kind of scary. All those people who you talk to, it feels like they've been trained or they've been hypnotized. It
0: is that feeling of like, oh, they're protesting too much about this stuff. Yeah,
1: I think they're in a cult.
0: They're all so lovely and I don't want to shit on them, but listening back, they're making me more suspicious (laughs) of all of the things that I encountered there.
1: So the tunnels, I want to hear about that experience. Did you get claustrophobic? I mean, you love tunnels.
0: I do love tunnels. My dad dug me a tunnel (laughs) under the driveway. I sort of lived in there for a number of years. (laughs) But (laughs) I was allowed to come out of the tunnel. But no, it was exciting. These are big networks of tunnels. So it's not like this sort of soil on the roof. They're all concreted up. There's golf carts everywhere. They still transport baggage in the tunnels, but they're all on carts. So this futuristic system that was meant to like zhuzh it along these conveyor belts, that all failed. There were software errors. I think the first country to actually use that system properly, I believe, was Egypt. So they got it right. while Denver completely messed it up.
1: Really? So
0: yeah, it's still used for transport, but it's weird. We were driving really fast. I haven't been on many golf carts, but we were driving fast. Yeah. And they went on and on and on. And when we just popped up in the middle of the runway, (laughs) I was like, wow, we're on the runway. It was incredible. That's crazy. It was a trip. The other thing (laughs) I wanted to cover, because the TSA refused to talk to me. I really wanted to talk to the TSA for this, but they just blatantly (gasps) were like, no. Airport security, before 9-11, there was none of this. It was private contractors. You could arrive five minutes before your plane took off and just get on the plane. So... Everything about airports all around the world and the security, it's all because of this horrific thing that happened to America.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Every other country has now adopted this security system. Yeah,
0: in New Zealand, we're doing the same stuff. We're being scanned, our luggage is being checked, and it's all because of that. So it's easy to shit on the TSA, but they're doing this really important job. Very.
1: Also, you know, there's the whole who's getting picked to get patted down.
0: Always, I get picked.
1: You do. Every time
0: they're waving the wand over my bag to check for bombs and stuff. Yeah. I think it's kind of great.
1: But no, but do they take you aside and pat you down?
0: No, it's mainly my bags getting waved for bomb dust.
1: There was a little period of time where I was noticing... That I was getting patted down. I always was like, Are they going to pat down my dad? Like, I was always paying attention to. Yeah,
0: what's going on around you?
1: Are they profiling? That's been a big thing and still is a
0: big thing. It is a big
1: thing, but I'm against profiling. But I also do want them to be very thorough with everyone. So, in my perfect world, I guess they would pat everyone down, but then that would take so much longer.
0: I mean, it should be a randomized process, right? Or. Are they trained, and that's why I wanted to talk to the TSA, but they said no, no, no. Are they trained to look for certain tells? I mean, what you hope they're not doing is there's a person of color with a beard. We're going to profile them. If it's not random, are they looking at behaviors or if someone's getting a bit sweaty and a bit nervous, are they going to pick them because they're sweaty and nervous? Is that profiling? Some people sweat all the time shouldn't be being patted down all the time. (laughs) Well,
1: to be fair, Mm. the times that I've experienced this, it's not
0: painful. It's It's pretty
1: quick. And it's annoying and it feels like an injustice, but it's not.
0: They're not doing a rectal examination. No, exactly. No. 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 The biggest crime in New Zealand is if you bring fruit back in, because we're obsessed with not letting any bugs in to wipe out all our little cute creatures. Oh, wow. And so what people get called out for is bringing a little banana in the suitcase because it's an instant $400 fine.
1: Oh my God. Yeah,
0: boom, two bananas, $800. Yeah, a whole tag of fruit, You can't just throw it away? No, if you bought it into the country, no, I think they give you a chance to own up to it, but I think once it's in the country, bad news.
1: Well, I always get very anxious at customs. Because of all the
0: drugs in your case.
1: Yeah, because I I have all this illicit (laughs) material. We talked about this on the false confessions episode of Armchair. I know I have nothing to hide, but when I, I'm up against this authority, I'm afraid they're going to coerce me into saying I have drug. I don't know. I'm just afraid.
0: I'm always worried that I will be in a place in America and someone has slipped something in my bag or something, <laughs> and suddenly it's full of cocaine. Exactly. You know, and that's you're like, my it's worry. Not mine, it's, it's not mine. Not mine, mine. It's not <laughs> mine. <laughs> high as a kite <laughs> 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 munching your face off
1: well yeah you told me you'd done every drug including that was the just made, really that was bad one just, that was
0: just made up
1: it wasn't um it was TSA, if, if tsa if you're listening this is David why I do,
0: this is why i don't open up to you because <gasps> i tell you and then you tell all the But God, is, i, I you oh, think you said why. it on the podcast i think no i didn't no, it, was it was in, in the private car. there is a thing <laughs> That I know it's absolutely holds true. If you tell someone, I'm telling you this yeah. as a secret, right? Yeah. And some, like a person goes, oh, yeah, lip sealed. Tell me. <laughs> All that that's never a secret. What that person is, I guarantee will do. They will go to someone else and be like, I got a secret to tell you. So-and-so no. said this to me, but keep, that's what happens. Listen. It's true. It's what happens.
1: No, there's levels of secrets. If there is a secret that you're sharing and you are like, this is really scary for me to share, or mm. I don't want to talk about this, but I need to talk about this, or please don't tell anyone. Mm. That is a high level secret. But yeah. you in the back of my car what? with Rob saying, when I say, have you well, done any drugs? Well, I not to blab to Rob. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the first mistake. Well, he was there. So- I'm surprised by you though, <laughs> broadcasting was- this information. My point is, if I was hypothetically going to do some sort of illicit substance, and then I told you yeah. in a car ride, I shouldn't need to tell you it's a secret, it's implicit.
1: To me, that Mm. is not. Why is that a secret?
0: The cops will come.
1: Wait, no! No, the cops are gonna come get you because
0: the cops done drugs. (laughs) Okay. Is the gate locked?
1: (laughs) This is insane. Going into
0: hiding. I'm changing my hair. (laughs) Uh, This is America.
1: In America. It's scary
0: here. They put you in prison for drugs. Not for saying that you've done drugs on a podcast.
1: (laughs) Most people in this country do drugs. It's not a secret. <laughs> that of all things, I would never, ever have expected you to think was a secret. So I am sorry that I said it because you meant it to be a secret, mm. but we talk After about After this, drugs. we're going
0: to go out and we'll go to a diner or something, and we're going to make a list of all the things okay. I've told you, and I'm going to make two columns next to it, <laughs> secret and public. And I'm going to get you to tick what you think each of those <laughs> categories is. I love is. this game. I and love this I will game. then go in through and assess it. Okay. Whether you are correct in the secrets okay. or public game.
1: You've only told me like three, I guess four, if we're including this, secrets. And you need to tell me like six or seven more before we can play this game. Wow. Okay, okay, just Let's quickly. learn more about airports. Uh,
0: yeah, airports. All right. So I guess it's a
1: ding, 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 because there are secrets at that airport.
0: There are secrets at this yeah. airport. And we're about to get into the last big secret. So we're sort of pulling off the freeway. Is this a freeway we're on? I'm confused about American uh, roads.
3: It's technically Pena boulevard. boulevard.
0: It's a boulevard, not a freeway. <laughs> when does a freeway become? Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really off road now? Samantha's done a sharp turn, and we're on dirt and grass, barreling towards Blucifer. Huge blue Bluffsifer. He's impressive, isn't he? He is. He? She? I'm just—I've been saying he this okay. whole time.
2: Oh, he. Yeah, you can see it. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a heat. It's definitely a heat. There's no
0: denying that. We pull up about 10 meters away from this giant horse, and I can see what they mean. Yeah, I mean, you can see the balls, can't you, really? It's definitely a male. Yes. Very veiny. It's
3: very detailed.
0: There's nothing left to the imagination. Nope. I'm looking at the anus, the taint, and the testicles, and the penis.
3: We like to think of him as more of a protector of the airport and of its passengers.
0: Looking up at Lucifer, he's majestic. He's actually a Mustang, an all-American horse, descended from horses brought to America by the Spanish. This particular Mustang is the creation of Luis Jimenez, an artist who loved creating giant sculptures, learning much of his trade from his father. This is him talking in an old documentary. My father was an artist from the time he was a very young man, he became a sign painter and I mean I just grew up helping my dad, helping him on his projects. Some of his neon signs were actually sculptural projects. Growing up near the Mexican border, Luis studied architecture at the University of Texas before moving to Mexico, where he studied the giant murals there. Inspired by that and his dad, a lot of his work was about the battle of the working class and minorities. I grew up on the border. I saw illegal families crossing. And my father was illegal from the time he was nine until I was born when he was 25. I decided that's what I would focus on. The horse I'm staring at now was his last ever creation. I fell on top of him in 2016, severing an artery and killing him. Two years after his death, it was installed here at the Denver airport. His sons had finished the job. And it turns out those glowing red eyes that terrify passengers arriving late at night are a tribute to Lewis's father and his neon sign shop. Not to like, people
3: find the red eyes a bit unsettling, but I think it really stems from just not knowing the full story in the background yeah. of the piece. And I love his eyes. I love that he's looking at you. I love that you can see him from far away. And to me, it's a very strong, positive presence. And it's just such a... While a tragic story, but also a sweet story of how this artwork did come to Den and how it was finished by the family and his studio. And I think it's really just an overwhelmingly loving message and that we're really proud to have him here at the airport.
0: Standing there looking up at this giant Mustang, I wonder which bit fell on the artist.
3: The head is actually what unfortunately fell on him while he was painting. The head was all originally painted by the artist, while the lower two-thirds were finished by his son.
0: Now he sits here just outside the airport, a metaphorical gateway to the non-metaphorical American West. My journey has come to an end. My airport journey, I mean. Before going back to LA, I take an Uber to see a few more sights and sounds in Denver. Shane picks me up, and he tells me he's lived in Denver his whole life. What's your favorite thing about living in Denver? I always tell people if you get bored around here, it's your own fault. There's always something to do. Shane has no idea what I've been doing here. But he just starts talking to me about Lucifer. Anyway, before the project was complete, the horse actually fell on top of the artist and it killed the original artist. I knew all this, the horse, the severed artery, the death, but then, a new twist. And as the story goes, the city was trying to get out of the contract, it was something like a $300,000 commission, something in that range. The story is that his family sued and completed the project and made the city take possession. This whole time I'd assume the airport had championed Blucifer. It's kind of strange to think that at one point they didn't want their iconic mascot. I do some digging later that night and Shane, my driver, was mostly right. While making the Mustang, the artist missed a bunch of deadlines and the project got dragged out for a decade. This was partly due to his heart problems and the fact that when he was a kid he'd been shot in the eye by a BB gun, which left him with migraines and eventually only one eye. Work was slow. So Denver International Airport did something very American and sued him for $165,000, the amount it had already paid him up front. Jimenez countersued the airport, and eventually, the airport and the artist reached an agreement. Blucifer would be completed. Staring up at the horse now, I'm glad the artist battled to complete him. Sure, the horse killed him, but here, his creation stands. A weird, fitting monument to one of the world's busiest, weirdest airports. Yeah, it was a really weird episode to write. I bought you a pin. The airport's made pins of Lucifer. And I just want to show, give this to you so you can sort of see what he's like.
1: Okay, I feel like this is sweet and I'm scared.
0: Ooh! Oh, he's huge and majestic.
1: Not ooh. What do you mean? Yes, ooh. I've been looking at pictures of him. That is so scary. Yeah, so
0: just the idea is he's big and blue. So if you fly in during the day, you just see this big blue horse. At night, they turn the red eyes on, <gasps> which were a nod to his father who worked with a lot of neon lights.
1: Well, do you know what it else? It's also a nod to the fact that he had one eye and he was upset about eyes.
0: Potentially. That is a theory that could be true. that's my theory. I mean, they glow at you in such an intense way for flying in at night. It Mm -hmm. looks truly terrifying. Most people can't go up to stand under Blucifer. He's off in the distance and there's a motorway around it. But because I was with the airport, they escorted me over there. And standing... Underneath this, it's the biggest anus I've ever seen. And the taint, which is the bit of skin from the anus to the bottom of the testicles, the testicles come down, and then this big veiny stallion penis right there. And that was just I couldn't stop looking.
1: The penis itself was all veiny.
0: All veiny. So many veins. The whole horse is pretty veiny. They're beautiful horses, and you know it represents. I should probably do an episode about these type of horse for the show because they're really majestic and beautiful I think there's a lot of debate about where they're allowed to run free and who's looking after them, etc.
1: Oh, my God. It's a beautiful horse. But, David, you were standing under it, and that's how he died.
0: Which is just such a surreal thing that this sculpture killed the artist. I mean
1: is horrifying you shouldn't be under the taint if it could fall on you and kill you
0: i was aware of that i questioned them about how firmly it was stuck on the ground because it's on its back legs yeah those are its only two points into the ground
1: wise this doesn't look like it should be able to stand they
0: said those two wonderful tour guides i had said it was very safe but do we trust them
1: no those women have stockholm syndrome They have an abusive relationship with the (laughs) airport.
0: Do we need to go back and maybe stage some sort of rescue? Get them out of there.
1: I think so, an intervention. Fly in, get
0: them on the plane, American Airlines, get them back to LA.
1: And then it's like the moment in the movie where they're flying out and then they see the eyes and they realize they've been
0: duped this whole time. this whole whole time. time. They're like, Lucifer is evil. Those glowing red eyes aren't nice. They're horrific and scary.
1: These loving eyes are actually Scary.
0: The only airport I could compare it to for weird factor is the airport in Wellington, New Zealand, which is just full of Lord of the Rings stuff. So there's a giant troll. Okay. You get in, there's one of those big eagles from the, I think the eagle, what did the eagle do in Lord of the Rings? It got the ring and dropped it into Mordor or something. They use these big birds in Lord of the Rings. They one rode of them, on the eagles at they one They rode on their backs. Yeah. They've got one of those oh. just hanging from the roof. I mean, that's fun though. It's cool.
1: That yeah. is not yeah. weird. That is new zealand pride because it's a new zealand thing you're right
0: it's not a gargoyle it's not a big giant
1: none of these things are connected to denver
0: yeah Yeah. so it
1: makes no sense
0: yeah no that you're right apart from the samsonite suitcase that the gargoyle's sitting in it's all completely (laughs) unrelated and deeply unusual the cool thing about it is and i hadn't thought about this beforehand is that the art in airports it's public art some people never go to a gallery that i want to Airports are this amazing place where you can witness all this stuff. It's that's kind of cool.
1: It is cool. When you are a budding artist, do you dream of being in the Met yeah. or the Louvre or the Denver airport? Yeah.
0: No, it's, <laughs> it's kind of true, though. More people are going to see your stuff in Denver airport than some contemporary trendy gallery in New York. And that's kind of neat. Yeah. I kind of love that. It
1: is cool. Real quick uh, sidebar on suitcases. What's your brand?
0: I use American Tourist. It's a,
1: <laughs> How ironic. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I got it in New Zealand. They're never worn out. They're sort of light. They're fine. I'm not one of these people that really worries about what the luggage. Occasionally I've been like, I wish my luggage looked a bit cooler. Yeah. But it's never forced me to go and get cool luggage. Okay. What about you?
1: I have a lot of away luggage, which I love. It's a great brand, but the problem with away, a lot of people have away luggage. Sometimes I get very freaked out because I feel like someone's going to take. Yeah, or you take someone else's. Or I'll, I always check. I'm, you need
0: to put stickers on it.
1: No, that's band ugly. You like. No, no. Yeah, put stickers no. all over it. <laughs> I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> I think it would solve the problem. I'm just giving you solutions for this problem.
1: Sometimes I put a little ribbon on. Oh, uh, that's nice. That's what I do. A little ribbon. Just yeah. try something
0: over. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I have away luggage, but then I've been upping my game lately. So I have a Toomey. Okay, here's what happens. I mm. go to places and then I buy a lot of shit.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a common traveling thing.
1: And so then I will often have to buy a suitcase at my location.
0: Yeah, to bring the mother load back. That's right. So <laughs> back to your trunk of your car, <laughs> shove it in there.
1: Exactly. Where all this stuff just ends up in the boot. When I was in Spain and Paris, mm. I bought a Ramoa. Now Ramoas are very fancy. I have a little fear about my Ramoa. I'm worried it's a fake. <laughs>
0: Oh no! Yeah, are there any towels? Are sort of the zip starting to sort of break, or is it just a looking- painted color? The no. logo is a big sticker. <laughs> it
1: looks right.
0: Bought it oh from a man in an alley.
1: <laughs> well, no, I did buy it from not a man in an alley. No, oh. no, a store okay. in Spain, but it wasn't a Ramoa store. It was a suitcase store, and they had other good brands. They had some Samsonites mm-hmm. and stuff, and they had a couple of Ramoas. But I didn't think at all that it would be a fake. Mm. But it was pretty affordable considering Mm. I just figure it's like an old model. It has an extra clasp. There's two clasps (laughs) normally, and this one has a a 3rd a
0: suitcase detective over here. (laughs)
1: Well, I got freaked out because Max and Callie Mm. were there and they were starting to look up her and they're like, well, which one's yours? And I like couldn't find it.
0: So let's talk about this a little bit.
1: (laughs) I'm scared. I'm really scared. I really don't want it to be fake.
0: The suitcase is essentially you chuck your stuff and you zip it up are things now we people are packing things in separate compartments and like zipping things up in different plastic areas and separating it all out. Do you get involved in any of that rigmarole? Or are uh, you just throwing everything in the one big area like the boot of your car? Do you treat your suitcase like the boot <laughs> of your car? A or do you bit. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's the only way to travel. I saw it.
1: But what do you mean? You see? I've soar? seen your
0: suitcase. It's very neat.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: I even like fold my dirty clothes and put it in the lid, the like top portion.
1: Are you supposed to put dirty clothes there? No,
0: I do once I'm traveling, but like ah. sweaters and shoes, I put up there. Okay, and I put shoes bag. there
1: and toiletry bag. The yeah. dirty
0: stuff is the most annoying thing when you travel. Like a smelly t-shirt, like where's that going? Are you bagging that off in another area? I know. What are you doing?
1: And how early do you pack for a trip? Like, let's say you're leaving tomorrow no day I'm sorry, before Saturday. is
0: the latest because i also have to be organized because what i do now i set myself a challenge where i never want to check something in so that really requires some discipline yeah and some thought so a day before is the latest i'd leave it what about you
1: oh uh, i'm often like morning of
0: Oh, your last minute's <laughs> a boot, probably. It's a boot you live. This is interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm night before, though. Your night before. Night
1: before or, oh, or so morning hasty. Morning of if it's like a 4pm flight.
0: Well, it also depends on how long you're going. If mm. this is like a two yeah. week trip, then a f- day is it, or this two This is before. a genuine question with American airports. Mm-hmm. How soon for a domestic flight would you want to be pulling up to the front of the airport?
1: I'm pushing the the boundaries now, but still not crazy.
0: So I arrive two hours minimum before, but I always get through and I'm waiting. Domestic, and I'm waiting about an hour just sat there at some terrible, (laughs) weird store that only exists in an airport, (laughs) eating some terrible pizza.
1: The problem is, the airport's far away, so you have to manage the traffic.
0: You must have a defined thing, or does it depend on your mood on the day? How busy the airport would be at that time, how busy traffic is to get over there. If it's
1: Thanksgiving weekend, obviously, I'm going much earlier, yeah.
0: But like, an an
1: hour and 15 minutes, okay. All
0: right, yeah. Worst trip you've ever had? Finally, if you had like a real nightmare airport where you, you haven't gone onto a flight? I had a, a flight <laughs> where someone was dead in the back seat. No, he just popped a seatbelt on and covered him over with a blanket. Yeah, we all die. It's going to happen to all of us. David. Some of us will be on a plane at the time. This... It's going to happen where they don't have anywhere to sort of put you, or if they do, maybe it was full of storage or something. I've heard. <laughs> That on cruise ships, the freezer where they keep the ice cream, that's usually where they'll pop the bodies as well, because there's nowhere to put them on a cruise ship. So they'll just put them where the ice cream is. So on a plane, they don't have a big freezer, do they? So they just make sure you belt it up, because if you go through turbulence, you don't want the body (laughs) bouncing down the aisle. And cover them with a little blanket.
1: Wait, that's really funny because we did an Armchair Anonymous really early on about craziest thing that's happened on a flight. And one woman told a story about a guy who died. He had a heart attack in the bathroom. And they just put him in first class, which is cool.
0: Finally gets to ride first class. (laughs) and,
1: And yeah, they buckled him in. And then a nurse or somebody sat next to him.
0: Oh, my um, goodness. So he yeah, was behind was so you, stressful. dead guy? Yeah, he was in economy. They didn't bump him up. He oh, was just, he man. rode out the rest of his time back at the plane. The only time I ever get scared on a flight is that long flight, New Zealand to America, yeah. where if I wake up halfway through and you realize, oh, I'm seven hours in, up uh, really high, it's really quiet, everyone's sleeping. And it's just a weird thought. It's, I don't know where I am. You're in a tin. Yeah. That feels bad.
1: Yeah, that does feel bad. Well, when we went to London, me, Dax, the kids, and Anna. We were meeting Kristen there. Mm. And it was an overnight flight. And it was the worst turbulence I've ever experienced. I really oh. was like, this might be it. And Which then, you
0: don't get to think often in life. It never. doesn't happen. Yeah.
1: And I really had to think. I was like, okay, well, it was a good life.
0: So you're going to try texting someone using no, the internal Wi-Fi?
1: I didn't want to like freak my parents. It would only be my parents. Yeah. Oh, that's sad.
0: I've got a text queued up in my drafts for if if I'm about to die. Text. What? what? And there's a few ver- Yeah. No. So There's a version for family. There's a version for a couple of friends that I want to contact. For instance, in a plane, you're not going to be thinking too you clearly. Don't have time. So I want to all draft it up. <gasps> so they're already.
1: What do they say? Yeah, can you read
0: them? That's it's- private.
2: Oh, but
0: no the one for family is super generic it's just like thanks you know <laughs> had a great time <laughs> is a you customized for people you know in my life that are a bit more personal and because oh. you know it's great because they can't talk back to you it's your last message vom there you it goes land so, on them
1: you're so afraid Land of some connected. heavy shit on them. <laughs>
0: Can I, can I talk back to him? No, he's dead. Went down in flames no, in that plane. No, David,
1: no. Do you ever
0: panic that you're going to accidentally send him? Yeah, them? exactly.
1: That's a great... Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be that hilarious. Would be incredible. Who has texts?
0: Just people that have meant a lot to me in my life. Who? So there might be friends that I've had. What's <laughs> well, it's a secret. Not, not us, <laughs> Monica. Don't. I'll, tell you, I'll I, tell you. I obviously
1: off... don't have one no. yet, but I'm going to work I'll my way. I'll tell you
0: off the air. And okay. we can do it in that Secrets. There's a few that are individuals, there's a few that are in like a group of two or three. Ooh. And then there's family, which is just goodbye.
1: That individual spot, that's it's a coveted point. spot.
0: Yeah, those ones are long. <gasps> yeah, a little essay. But not? imagine going down <laughs> and like that. you go to send this big message and the Wi-Fi is disconnected <laughs> or it just goes unsent and then dead. <laughs> that's your last thought is like unsent message. Oh, fuck. Gone. Do you update them? No, nah, they're pretty set. The deep stuff you want to say to people, it's always sort of set in concrete. It never really changes too much. Maybe that's the thing I should just tell them now.
1: I'd really like for you to tell <laughs> someone while you're alive.
0: Oh, my God. But then happen. they can... oh Then they'll then, use it against you.
1: No, David, no.
0: Now I've said it out loud, I do hear your point and maybe yeah. say it whilst... All parties are alive
1: <laughs> Yeah, because also, what if they die Before you've gotten oh, to
0: tap no. uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be frustrating They you send me a text <laughs> No, I don't think anyone else has drafts it's one ready way. for you It's definitely a one-way system They don't have one loaded up for me It's never the way, is it? <laughs>
1: Wow, all right Well, this was fun I liked learning about the airport
0: We all sort of hate them But great people watching There might be some weird art Mm. Look up in case there's a gargoyle around Yeah And before you go to any airport Just Google it And just say like weird facts at the end
1: Oh, that's cool And
0: stuff will come up Entertaining
1: And Atlanta Airport is Hartsville Jackson Boom Is number one
0: Number one in the world In the world Bye Bye